Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Welcome to the BWFA podcast channel. This is Sandy Horner, Managing Director of Wealth Management, and I'm joined today with my colleague, Senior Financial Planner, Thad Ismart. Today, we're talking about Social Security. I would also point out to you that for a more in-depth conversation about Social Security, look to our website, bwfa.com, where you can register to attend live or watch a pre-recorded session of our approximately hour-long webinar on all the details regarding Social Security. But for today, we're just going to talk about maybe five or six critical aspects that you need to be considering for Social Security. And one of the key ones for sure is what factors folks need to consider when determining when they should start Social Security. Let's talk a little bit about that, Thad. Sandy, well, those factors uh, that should be considered when deciding when you should start Social Security include your savings and investments, your current financial situation, uh, whether you're working or not, whether you're planning to work in the near future, marriage, whether you're married, uh, if you're divorced, uh, and the size of your current nest egg. All of these are factors that you should consider when deciding when you should start Social Security. So we're going to talk about some uh, critical details like age and things of that in just a moment. But I want to uh, keep going on the topic of working because I know this is a question that we get a lot. So can you actually start benefits when you're working? You can. You can start receiving benefits while you're working. A common misconception is that you need to stop working, meaning you exit the workforce in order to start your Social Security benefits. Those two events are mutually exclusive. You can start your benefits while working. You can start your benefits while not working. If you are working and you start your benefits prior to your full retirement age, you're going to get a reduction in benefits. Whereas if you start your benefits at your full retirement age or beyond your full retirement age while you're working, there is no reduction in benefits. So that clearly points out a critical need to know what is your full retirement age. Exactly. Your full retirement age is the age at which you're eligible to receive your benefits without any reduction. A full retirement age uh, is synonymous with primary insurance amount. If you hear the term primary insurance amount or PIA, that simply means your full retirement age benefit. And your full retirement age is somewhere between 66 and 67, most likely. The older you are, it could be 65, but as we currently are now, the full retirement ages fly between 66 and 67. If you were born in 1954 or prior to that, your full retirement age is 66, and then your full retirement age goes up two months each year beyond that. If you were born in 1960 or later, your full retirement age is 67. So... I think there's also a, a struggle that people have with speaking about when you started and full retirement age, right? So I can, for a lot of folks, just speaking in general, they can start at 62 or they can wait till their full retirement age or they can wait until they're 70. 
And so how do I know which one of those is going to pay me the most in Social Security benefits? That is a very good question. Social Security was designed so that no matter when you start your benefits, generally speaking, uh, 62, age 70, or anywhere in between, if you live to your life expectancy, according to Social Security, you'll receive the same amount of dollars over time. And of course, Social Security thinks the average life expectancy is age 82, 83, somewhere around there. So if you start your benefits 62, 70, live to your life expectancy, you receive the same amount of money. The longer you think you'll live, the more beneficial it is to wait until 70, again, generally speaking, because you're gonna receive more dollars over time. Good to know. You know, speaking of receiving more dollars over time, when I claim Social Security, am I entitled just to my own benefits? Or if, assuming I'm legally married, am I entitled to spousal benefits? How does that work? That's a good question. It used to be several years ago that you could apply for benefits based on your spouse, if you're married, while letting your own benefits grow. That was called a restricted application strategy. There was also another strategy called file and suspend strategy. Similar to the restricted application strategy, you could file for benefits but suspend them which triggers the ability for a spouse to get those spousal benefits. Those two strategies are gone. Now, if you apply for benefits, you are going to be deemed to be applying for all benefits you're eligible for, which are your own retirement benefits or spousal benefits. Whichever one's greater, you will receive that. So Thad, you and I have literally talked with thousands of people about Social Security over the last uh, many years. And our experience is that when there are either folks that are widowed or widowers or divorcees in the crowd, that we invariably uncover an opportunity that somebody is not taking advantage of their full social security benefits. So can you talk a little bit about divorcees and widows and widowers and, and where that uh, pitfall usually happens? Absolutely. About 85% of folks eligible for, for benefits based on an ex-spouse or a deceased spouse or even a deceased ex-spouse do not receive them simply because they do not know about them. Uh, the benefits based on an ex-spouse, you are eligible for that as long as you were married for at least 10 years. Uh, if you have been divorced for two years, you can actually start benefits based on an ex-spouse without the other spouse having to do anything, meaning file for their own benefits. Remember the strategies that I just mentioned, file and suspend and restricted application, those strategies were available for folks to use to apply for these benefits while letting their own benefit grow. You can't use that strategy with benefits based on an ex-spouse, but you can use the restricted application strategy on benefits based on a deceased spouse and a deceased ex-spouse. In fact, you don't even have to file a restricted application. You can just apply for benefits based on a deceased spouse or a deceased ex-spouse, receive those benefits, and let your own benefits grow all the way until age 70. Let's talk about one last area before we wrap up here on Social Security, and uh, that is the age-old question about how will my benefits be taxed? Up to 85% of your Social Security benefits will be taxed, which means that 15% of your benefits will be tax-free. The 85% is not to be confused with a tax rate. It is simply the portion of your benefits that will be taxed. Up until the 1980s, Social Security benefits were not taxed. At that time, similar to what's going on now, the trust fund that is being used to pay for about 25% of the outgoing Social Security benefits was running out. They made a change in the 1980s to start taxing Social Security. Now the same problem is happening, so another change 
will be happening to Social Security benefits. We just don't know what that change will be. So just keep in mind that 85% of benefits are taxed, 15% tax-free, ultimately taxed at your marginal tax rate. If your income is below a certain threshold, it's possible that your Social Security benefits will be completely tax-free. There are some income limits and thresholds that need to be met in order to meet that 85% taxability. And Thad, the tax discussion that you, we're having right now, this is all at the federal level. The state taxation of Social Security varies from state to state. So that's another layer of complexity that people are going to want to consider. That, folks, also comes into play often when we are building financial plans for people. You know, that might be something they want to see. If I live in this state versus that state, how does it impact the taxability, if you will, at the state level of my Social Security? Am I correct in that? That is correct. Uh, many states tax Social Security differently. In Maryland, Maryland does not tax Social Security benefits. Uh, other states may tax Social Security benefits. It could be the same manner that the federal government taxes Social Security benefits, or it could be in the form of a flat tax rate. Each state is different. But again, in Maryland, Maryland will not tax your Social Security benefits as current law stands. And so as we wrap up, that makes a good point. There are a lot of details for you to consider when you are calculating your best choice for claiming your Social Security. Please know that the information we provided to you today is general in nature. It's not a specific recommendation to you. However, please also know that this is exactly what we do for our clients, is look at their situation, their specifics, and determine their best claiming for Social Security. So if this is something you're interested in learning a little bit more about, please be in touch with BWFA.com to get more information or schedule your conversation with us. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.